Happy 2018, guys. We are finally back. My favorite time of the week. It's This Is Us. We're talking all about the fifth wheel, so stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Oh, I don't know the words as well as I thought I did. <laughs> okay, that's I it. I know this part. That you just didn't take. Okay. <laughs> All right. Somebody knows the words over I here. I love me some Atlanta sports set, and I can't sing along right now, guys. I'm I'm all hopped up on cough drops right now. So, but welcome back to This Is Us. We're so excited to be back on Tuesday nights. 2018. 2018, man. New year, more piercings. I didn't cry this episode, which I gave you applause for. Yes, that was it's very New good. Year's resolution. It really wasn't, but it worked. For I, this thought, I thought I sure. saw you lose it for like a half a second. I, I, I almost made it. Okay, okay. all right. Okay. Let's okay. let's go with the almost. Okay. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us. My name is Candace Cruz, and you can find me on all of my social media at Candace R. Cruz. And it's just a duo tonight. Yeah, just the two of us. Just the two of I us. I was trying to call us just the big the four. Just the two of us. I was trying to call us the big four, but yeah. I was like, I don't know if that makes sense. But anyway, I'm Erica Shannon, and you can find me on Twitter at Miss Airy Baby. And as Candace mentioned, it's yeah. just the two of us tonight. Please send your thoughts and well wishes to yes. both Lena and Keith, as they are both out tonight. The evening. Yes. They missed a very interesting episode coming back in. Mm-hmm. Um, what, how did did you, you, what did you yeah. think? You go first. Um, to be honest, I, 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 just, um, I have mixed feelings about it. I was like, just go for it. I have mixed feelings about it because I was hoping to come out of the gate like ready to go, you mm-hmm. know, but it didn't feel like it had as much of a punch as I wanted. Okay. I don't think I knew I wanted a punch, but I, now I feel like I'm like missing something. I don't know. I feel like that therapy session went got real, mm-hmm. but it could have gotten deeper. Okay. I should have gone I mean? first. Huh? I should have gone first. Okay, you go first. I was saying, no, because I was saying I was going to say the same thing you did. Yeah. I was I was all in for that therapy session. Yeah. But the way that they it seemed like they resolved it pretty quickly mm. and i was just like no this conversation needs to keep going yeah. if it keeps going then i'm in and i finally at this point i think i understand kevin and i empathize with him yes a lot more than i did mm-hmm. even in his solo episode i feel for him more now right because he's actually processed i feel through a lot of things mm-hmm. that he was repressing um i just think that the thing I love so much about This Is Us is that it's so reflective of real life. And I've said that multiple times throughout this after show. And I think this one just seemed too perfect of a scenario. Mm-hmm. Only when it came to the actual therapy, like, dive-in session. I almost feel like the therapist, when she said, don't you think that was a little too polite? I still think it was a little too polite. Yeah. And I wish that um, I loved where... Um, Randall went in, I think what he had and when he went through and what like he said, no, 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 no. I think that was real. But I wanted more pushback from Kevin. And then, you know, Kate just didn't say anything. She just sat there and just kind of like took it all. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I don't know. There was just something missing for me and I don't know what it was. 
in that session. I mean, I don't know either. I don't know if... I don't think it was anything missing for me. Not from talking about perspectives in right. this episode. From my perspective, I just wanted that therapy session to be more real than it yes. was. To really get to the bottom and really have them go. Because I, I thought when Randall stood up, I thought he might have lunged at Kevin. Uh-huh. Because there was just so much pent up about, you know, Tess being in the car that right. he just was trying to hold it back. But then he was just going to let go. But... I think it was it was a good start. I just wish that they didn't res- seem to resolve it yeah. by the by the lake or whatever. Yeah, body of water. that just seemed a little bit too like we're gonna tie it up in a nice neat little bow. Mm-hmm. And now therapy's over. Yeah, and we're gonna move on to the next topic. And I don't think that that is really reflective of when it comes to something this big, and you're in rehab, and you're going through your shit, mm-hmm. and you're airing out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline your laundry with your family now granted everyone has different family dynamics i get it like sometimes you got to be a little pc to keep the peace but i just don't think that it would have been settled that quickly right and then and then if they were going to keep it that polite and Mm -hmm. pc why was it just the four of them like i wanted barbara the therapist to actually like push yeah and be like kevin no We've had these discussions in, in our sessions personally. Yeah. You go for it. Tell them because this is your one opportunity. Exactly. Where it's, it's a, it, there's a moderator, there's somebody that can calm the conversation down when it needs to and mm-hmm. really dig deep. I just, I don't know if she dug deep enough. I don't think so. But then again, I don't know if they're going to have more therapy sessions or if it's going to be done, mm-hmm. how long he's going to be staying in rehab. But I don't think he could be in rehab for that many shows. Like, they're not going to keep him in that space Yeah, that's true. for that long. Kate was only at her camp for, what, Like, one episode. Or two, two, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, which time is relative in a TV show, but, like, you're not going to be able to keep someone in that space for that long. Mm-hmm. But I, you, yeah. I think even going back to the beginning of the episode when Beth and Randall were talking, I guess because it had been a month, they mm-hmm. had processed it, and if we mm-hmm. had seen them the first week after... Kevin's arrest it would have been a lot yeah it would have been more amped up mm. and I think that might have been what was missing is that you didn't really get that full response right. to what happened we the end of the last episode we saw Kevin being arrested and then we come back and it's like oh it's been a month and everybody's processed it and it's moved on a yeah. little bit yeah but I did really really like Rebecca's breakdown Okay. When, when she ended up saying, he was like, oh, favorite kid, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, no, you were just, he was just easier. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, <laughs> let her break. Like, let her just, like, fall for a second. Yeah. And really show. Because she holds it together a lot. Right. And yeah. there is a distance. And we learned towards the end of the episode why that distance was. You know, because Beth, I mean, sorry, Rebecca didn't feel like she had to, um give more attention to Kevin because he was the quote unquote, he could be seen as a quote unquote normal one. Right. And 
But in that kitchen, and I know we're bouncing around, sorry about this, but I know that when Kevin was in the kitchen and he was saying, I hate you, Mm -hmm. that was a time when I felt like he wasn't really saying, I hate you. He was like, come hug me, come embrace me. I want your attention. I want your love. I want you to feel like everything that we do is not in relation to Randall or not in relation to Kate. I want you and I just to have me, something. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I feel for him. And I mean, to be like the middle child syndrome, I, I, that's a real thing. I'm, I haven't experienced it, but I have a lot of friends that have spoken about it. And like to see him just, and even the flashback at the pool, there was one part where, I guess it was Kevin replaying all these different moments in his head of when they were at the pool and, like, even no one was paying attention to him there. Mm -hmm. So, like, this isn't a singular thing that we're just now seeing. It's, like, they've been plotting this and putting these seeds into us for, like, the entire season. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It was just, yeah. I'm trying to think of another time that Kevin went back to, oh, well, even when they were on the vacation and mm-hmm. Kevin threw the ball at Randall. Yeah. That was another moment where even if Rebecca had gotten up and been like, don't throw the ball like that. Yeah. It came back to Randall. You almost hit your brother in the head. Right. Instead of being like, you don't do that. That's like the, you wrote that down during the therapy session of where she, yeah, there yep. you go. I wrote it down because when they were talking about Jack's death and how it affected them. Mm -hmm. Rebecca started off by saying, my children lost their father at 17. But then she broke off and said, Randall didn't this, or Kate will not have the opportunity to do this. And I wrote down, I was like, Rebecca still didn't mention Kevin. They're in a session for him. He's the one in rehab. He's the one that needs to get better. He's the one that needs to figure out where, what has gone wrong, why it has gone wrong, where it has gone wrong. And you still can't mention him, but I love the fact that Barbara, her name, yes, Mm -hmm. Barbara brought it back and said, you didn't mention Kevin. Isn't that interesting? And she doesn't even, and Rebecca doesn't even realize that. Mm -mm. Somehow, someway, she still thinks she, you're sitting in rehab for your son. You still don't think you have to give more attention in that moment to him. Yeah. I don't know. And I mean, I, I also like, I feel for if you're a mother too, like you're, you're almost tiptoeing around the fact of like, well, I don't know if he's upset. Like maybe I don't need to make it about, do I need to make it about him? Do I not need to make it about him? But I I don't know. She, she really does not pay attention at all. And you don't realize that. But then again, he never made it easy for them either. But what do you think came first? Do you think it was him acting out or do you think it was him reacting to not I mean, that's receiving like attention? what comes first, the chicken or the egg. Right. I mean, it's one of those things that I don't think you can ever really track back to one moment either, because as she even said with kindergarten, he just waltzed right in. So him being a stubborn child and being an independent child, you almost automatically like step away because you've got two other children that you have to focus on. So it's like, oh, well, he's okay. So I'm going to focus on these that aren't okay. So, and he was the first one that walked. Mm -hmm. So he was always the first that did everything. So it was almost like they didn't need to do anything for Mm -hmm. him. So instinctively in turn, it kind of turned on them. So I don't know what came first. And that's like somebody was saying in the chat, and I'm sorry that I didn't catch your name. They were saying it must be hard to raise three kids at the, that at are the, all same, the time. same age. Oh, God. I can mm-hmm. only imagine. 
And so, of course, you're going to have that standout, like you're saying, the mm-hmm. one who does everything first, the one. But then it comes to the point when it's like, even if he's going out first, you still got to give him a little attention. Like mm-hmm. Jack and and uh, sorry, Jack and Kate going yeah. and getting ice cream. That's their personal time. Mm-hmm. What personal time did Kevin get? Does Kevin get? I don't think we've ever seen that. And does that mean does that mean it didn't happen or does it mean we just haven't seen it yet or I don't know. has Kevin like blacked it out you know he could have easily like because again like Randall said at the lake he was like we all look through different lenses and we all see different perspectives so he could easily see that there was no moment but at the end we even saw Rebecca like sleep with him mm-hmm. and have that moment but the only time I ever remember Kevin having a one-on-one with his parents was during football and even then, it's when he's on the field mm-hmm. and they're paying attention to him with the camera. It's not like them actually being with him. And in turn, he had Sophie as well. So, like, there are just so many different occurrences that kind of almost stood in the way of them having one-on-one time with him anyway. And that's when he was saying that's when he turned to football, that's when he turned to acting, that's yep. when he turned to fame. fame. Because he wasn't getting the attention that he needed. Because he was looking for it. With his parents or yeah. even with his family. And you even like if, if we're talking about when he went to um, when Jack picked him up from football camp, the fact that they had been on vacation without him, mm-hmm. I will come from experience and I will say that is the most disheartening and heartbreaking thing when like all you want to do is just be invited or be included in the family vacation or whatever it may be. And then you get there, but even even though you got there, you came late. Mm-hmm. It's like, but you went without me. Yeah. Even though I'm here now, you went without me. And I get it. I've been there. Yeah. And it's like the worst feeling in the world to be like, well, you were here having fun without me for how many days? And like, he was like, well, you were at football camp. But yeah. Still, but couldn't you just wait until I got home from football camp? Yeah. Wait until. Wait until I'm with you and we can all go together. Why do you go do with Kate? And, and we can all have the yeah. food and everything like that. Because Kate was like super excited about all of it. Mm-hmm. But what she thinks is a good thing to include him also probably made him feel more isolated because he wasn't included in all of the things beforehand. Right. It's a it's an awkward place to be. It's yeah. a hard place to be. Yeah. Especially as a ten year old. Yeah. When these are the people that Feelings are, are conflicting. These are the people that are closest to you. These are the people that love you the most. Mm-hmm. So they say. And you don't see any of that. You don't feel any of that. And then so you, you turn your attention to other things. Mm-hmm. Oh, my family's not giving me the attention. Okay, well I'll go and abandon my brother at school and ha and, and join in on people making fun of him because hey, at least they're giving me attention. Right, exactly. I don't know. Mm. It's 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 just it's just hard. It was. But and- I but I don't think he's I don't know if it's can you have middle child syndrome if you're the oldest, technically? I mean, I I guess I it would be like I mean, it would be the same syndrome, I guess. The left out child? The forgotten mm-hmm. child? The one who... I mean, if you don't have an even number, and even if you have more than two, to be honest, I feel like... I mean, I'm coming from... I was an only for nine years. Mm-hmm. And then my sister came along. So it was never, like, more of one of the other. But... I can't imagine being with that many siblings and always feeling like 
someone's getting more attention. There's always a favorite. Right. Inevitably, there's always a favorite. Which is terrible. It is, but... It doesn't. Do you have a favorite sibling? I only have one sibling. Oh, well, then you have a favorite sibling. I mean... Sure. sure. <laughs> I guess that's how that works. Yeah, why not? Uh, well, before he... Oh, sorry. I'm trying to get caught up in the live chat and what's going yeah. on, and it's just a lot of conversation. We're so far behind. Sorry about that. Well, let's talk a little bit about the other big three that they deemed themselves. Mm-hmm. No, the others. Oh, the others. That made me feel some type of way when Ooh. Barbara said that. I was like, that is rude. Howard, Beth the went others, in. Like, Beth went in. Too. You could at least say they are the extended family. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe just leave it at immediate family. Mm-hmm. Let it be your your mom and your brother and your sister. That's all you needed to say. You didn't need to say others. How did she say it again? I can't remember. I don't know. She said she like, maybe the immediate family and not the others. And not the others. That's what it was. And she, oh, the others. Okay. Like, Excuse me. Oh, Beth went in too. She was like, um, the others over here. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Which, which made complete sense. Because, well, yeah. because, no, they haven't been around, especially Beth and Toby. No, they haven't been around for a large part of it. Part of it. But Miguel has been around in and out. Like, he was Jack's best friend and everything right. like that. So, and, and, I appreciate the fact that in this episode, Miguel really came to the defense of Jack mm-hmm. and was like, don't you talk about him like that? Because, you know, that was his best friend. And so I'm warm in this episode. I warmed up to Miguel. A little I'm not bit. Yes. Lie. Yes, I agree. I'm not going to lie. But yeah, like you were saying, they named themselves the new big three. Now, my question, random, but Randall and Beth came from their home, right? Mm-hmm. They're on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, Kate and Toby came from their house. They live in L.A. They flew, I guess. Did they? I'm guessing. That's what makes sense. I wasn't going to get there. I know, but I'm just sitting here thinking, like, no, because she was like, I can't believe you left the car at the bar. A rental car. Oh, okay. Well, I ha- <laughs> okay. I'm sitting here like... Did they, like, fly here? Did they, like, drive really fast? Because everybody came. Where is he at rehab? That's a good question. That I don't know. That I don't know. I don't know if they made that clear if he was in New York, if he's in Philadelphia. I mean, it looks like he's in Philly because it doesn't look like L.A. That's true. He's probably back on the East Coast somewhere. It would make sense because he got arrested over there and then they put him somewhere where he was arrested. But still, I was like... Wait a second. But they left their house and they were like, we're going to be late for the appointment. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Just random tidbit thoughts that were going through my head that I'm like, they're going to be late for the appointment. They would have had to leave at like 4 a.m. to get there to the appointment if they were flying from L.A. You're thinking about this way too hard. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm back. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Moving back to Miguel into the other three. Mm-hmm. But no, I did really like, I actually started liking Miguel a little bit in this episode. Because I did not like him. I still don't really like him. Mm-hmm. Too much, to be honest. I mean, he even has animosity towards himself. He was like, well, I felt like I married my best friend's wife. Dude has feeling some... I mean, he understands why people might have a problem with it. Well, I think he also still feels some type of way about it, too. 
mm, that I didn't get. I don't know if he feels some I'm, type of way about it. I think he just knows not from, enough to not marry her. But from like, the outside looking in, he's just like, I get how people might view me. Yeah, I get that they might say, "Well, were you?" And again, sorry, jumping. Um, previews for the next episode. Kevin's going to ask him, like, yeah, were, were you, you in love with my mom when my dad was still alive? But those que- those are real questions. Well, yeah. But then again, we also found out that Miguel didn't come into play until like way after Jack died. Mm-hmm. Which I hated him from the get-go when I assumed that he swooped in right. after Jack died. Same. Same. But still. I don't know. I'm seeing a little bit more of him as a character. I'm starting to like him a little bit more. And he is helping, you know, Beth and Toby see a different perspective of the Pearson clan. Mm-hmm. Which it has to be hard to be the, the, the spouse of that would we say tight knit? Because they're clearly arguing now. Tight knit of a family. I was gonna say knit. Knit. Maybe not so tight. Not tight, but they're knit together. They're knit. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're right. He does provide a perspective because he's been there the entire time since the beginning. Yeah. Really. Since before the kids. Since when they got married. Yeah. Even. Mm-hmm. So there's an understanding that. Or not understanding, but again, perspective. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying that Miguel can can attest to. And I can understand where Rebecca would want someone, a partner, after you've been lonely for so long. And it does make it easier that he knew Jack. So when you're talking about it, it's not just a ghost. It was a person mm-hmm. that they both tangibly knew and loved and adored. So I guess, like, yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, like, I, I take notes and there's still, it's just so much to process. Yeah. For me. And I think with this episode too, the last few episodes, we've had so many different moving pieces. We've had a little bit of Kate, and a little bit of Randall, and a little bit of uh, Kevin, or like the focus of everything that we went through, through their whole timeline of the kids. But this one was very streamlined. It was very much camp, rehab. Mm-hmm. And that was it. There were little bitty things here and there of like the other three where they're talking at the bar. And then, you know, we did address a little bit of Kate's addiction to food, mm-hmm. which I mean, that I'm waiting for someone to kind of just smack up and like, let's let's air this out because I feel like they still kind of. She's dealt with the weight. She's gone to weight camp. She's gone and done all of this stuff, but she's never flat out like dealt with like this is what it is yeah but i think that's what they're they're starting they're leading to up to break through and and dig into because of the addiction genetically where it's not just something that you turn to because you're upset or whatever mm-hmm. the reasons have been for kate it might actually be something deeper than that and it's just not as I don't want to say not as hindering because it can still be hindering, but not the same as alcohol or drugs. Yeah, but hers can be just as dangerous. Yeah. Just as dangerous because, I mean, we even see with her, with dad taking her to get ice cream. I think a lot of it, like, because we don't see as much whenever she's a teenager of the discussion of weight, but when she's a kid Mm -hmm. and an adult, those are the two parts that we really see that are struggling with weight and we're focusing on that. So, I mean, her dad 
sugarcoating everything. No pun intended. I was going to say. Sugarcoating all of it where she says, Daddy so-and-so called me fat, but you're my favorite looking person. You didn't answer her question. Mm -hmm. Do you think I'm fat? You're my favorite looking person. So instinctively at 10 years old, you're like, my dad thinks I'm fat. Because he didn't say, no, you're not. Mm -hmm. He's diverting the, the topic. And he's taking me to get ice cream. And then even... He even, makes it okay. Even with that, and I agree, Melanated TV, Jack enabled her. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Because when you don't tell the truth, and how and how honest can you be or should you be with a 10-year-old? You know what I'm saying? Because it can, be a, it can give her a complex. If you tell her the truth, it can give you a comp- complex if you don't tell her the truth. So it's it's how do you find that that balance between saying and I think Jack tried it a little bit like let's lay off the sweets or whatever but then he turns around and he takes her to get ice cream Yep, so you have to stick to it Yeah, and even with Rebecca saying we've had a couple cookies today let's do apples that was the best way to do it because that should be to any of the kids though and if she does that to Randall and she does that to Kevin then it's not like oh it's just for me Right. it's for everybody we can only have a certain amount of sweets then we can have healthy food. But I think that's part of the problem is that Rebecca, at least from what we've seen thus far, it only is directed towards Kate. Mm-hmm. It's not where they all sit down. And it's down because she's a girl. And have apples and peanut butter or whatever you eat apples with. If it's just plain, it's it's not. So Kate looks at it as, oh, now my mom thinks I'm fat or mm-hmm. my mom thinks I have a problem. And at the same time, though, and I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not... a a licensed person to say anything about this, but if you really look at parents that have boys and girls, they feed them different amounts of food. I don't know. No, I I read a study once that they actually did like instinctively because boys are supposed to be bigger or they need more food or whatever it may be to like for their growing system. The women will typically give their daughters less food than they give their boys. Oh, that's interesting. So at the same time, it's almost the same because we're raised to eat a certain amount and to make sure that we're, we stay trim and that we look like this. And we're raised from the, the get-go as girls that way. Mm-hmm. It's like we get dolls, they get trucks. It's just the way that we're like we're programmed. programmed. Yep. And the fact that she does that, I don't think that Rebecca ever means to do that. But she's your daughter. Mm-hmm. And you don't want... Because if, if a boy's chunky, he's not going to have as much of a complex growing up and have any problems in school. But she knows as a little girl, if you're going into school and you're like heavier or you're not active or whatever it may be, it's going to you're protecting them from other people as well. So I don't know. It just I mean, which Kate is already experiencing, of course, once at the pool and now in this episode. When, you but know. then she continues to Jack enables, like someone said early, and makes her, makes it okay. Because that's his baby girl. And because he excuses it by saying, well, she takes after my mom. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm used to, you know, this. it doesn't seem yeah. like anything is wrong because, you know, my mom is big boned. Mm-hmm. And, you know, depending on your opinion of that phrasing. Right. It's, you know, it, it, it makes it easier for him to excuse it. Yeah. Than it does Rebecca. Yeah. And I think dads just don't get it as much as the moms do when it comes to little girls with with that type of issue. And that's when, and we come back to this topic, we've come back to it a couple times about Rebecca ending up being the bad guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Always. And Jack always comes out, you know, shinier than he went in, you know, because he's the one who takes. And even now, 
You can't fight with a ghost. So anything that he ever did will forever be okay. Yeah. Mom has been there since. So even when she said he, Randall was the only one that stayed with me. He was the only one that didn't leave me. I think it, number one, I saw in Kate's eyes that she was like, oh shit. Like I, we did, did we did leave mom because as much as Kate has always had this problem against her mom and like, they've always argued and, um, like she's always had that problem and they finally reunited after this miscarriage. Like, I think they forget how much the mom fights for everything, but that we just push it under the rug, mm-hmm. make her into the bad guy always. And, and I can speak from experience a lot of times now, maybe not when I, when I'm older, but as a teenager, you're not thinking about it that no. way. Mm-mm. Of course not. You're not, you're, you're just thinking, I'm trying to live my life and you're impeding on me living my yep. life. So I want to be as far away from you at this moment as possible. Mm-hmm. And what we don't see as teenagers always is the parents' response to that. We don't see that she's sitting and her, our moms are sitting in their rooms and, you know, just wondering like, what am I doing wrong? How can I be right. better? Let me try this. Okay. That doesn't work either. We don't see that. So now... And we didn't we didn't get too much of Kate and Rebecca interacting at all. No, really in this not episode. This, no. The the hug in the beginning, but that was that was the extent of it. But like you're saying, when Rebecca says, you know, I had a sullen teenager who didn't want any, who wanted nothing to do with me, and then I had you, Kevin, who moved away. Now you're starting to see your mom as an adult. You're starting mm-hmm. to see your mom as a person. You're starting to understand. Oh my God, I did things that hurt her. Yeah. And so, sorry, mom. Love you. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's 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 imperative that we understand, and we get to the point where we realize that our parents are people. Yeah. And like you're saying, with Jack now being gone, are they able to see him as a person? Like even in the therapy session, when they when they called him an addict. Almost everybody, except for Kevin, because he had already processed right. it, was like, "Whoa, yeah, don't call him that." That's because one he's part immortalized. Of what he was. Yeah, yeah. So that's that could be another layer that they have to get through yeah. is to understand that while we held Dad up on a pedestal, we he's did, still human. We did to 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 battle that. We did treat our mom this way, except mm-hmm. for Randall. Like Randall, he just wanted to love everybody. Randall's just a loved. big cuddle bug, which I am interested to see how his and Tess and Beth's relationship is about to evolve. Mm-hmm. Because Tess is starting to get to that teenage age. Yes, she's getting there, mm-hmm. and she's now old enough to figure out things and process things. And why was she in the back of the car mm-hmm. with Kevin? And um, you know, her having to like basically repeat herself over and over and over again, saying, no, I'm fine. I'm not going to run away again. But have they really talked to her about what the true reason of why she even ran away was? Well, she says it was from Deja. I don't know if I necessarily believe I that. No, I, I don't still, think so. I still am on the side of she, she had a feeling that something was wrong with Kevin and she just wanted to be there with him. Yeah. I, I still I feel agree that with that. Way. Yeah, I think that there was just... Um, Wait, something. Sorry, I was trying to read this right here. Who are you reading? 
I was reading, mel- is it Melanated TV? Yes. I felt Randall didn't abandon Rebecca because he was once abandoned himself. Yeah, okay. And and to follow up with that Melanated, melanated TV, I also think because that one argument that Jack and Rebecca had after she was singing mm-hmm. and Jack had gotten drunk and he punched, I think, her bandmate. Yeah. Randall was the only one to have seen that. Oh, yeah. And so I think in addition to Randall just being who he was, he also felt a sense of protection. And I think that protection carried over into Jack's death and beyond. Yeah. He always felt like he had to be the one because, you know, his mom didn't have anybody because Kate was always fighting with Rebecca and then Kevin was always off with Sophie or Kevin was off with his friends doing doing. whatever. So she needed someone. So he stepped up and he was like, okay, well, I'll be that someone. Yeah, I agree. Also, to address um, Jazz, I saw someone say in here, scroll back. I can't even see it anymore. Chelsea D says, I think Kevin saw his father as imperfect since high school. Um, I can actually agree with that. Yeah, Are you I do going too. off of that argument that they had in the kitchen? There it is. Oh, Chelsea? we passed it up too far. There we go. Keep going. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just asking Chelsea if that's what if that's what you're referring to is when they had that argument in the kitchen when Kevin basically got in Jack's face. It was episode number one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was perfect. No, I just saw where Jazz had mentioned about, like, um, disagreeing about guys being bullied and girls being bullied. I didn't mean that guys aren't bullied. I just think sometimes girls can be a lot harsher. I'm sure that guys are just as mean and just as cruel. Um, But I was just using it as a reference towards Kate. But I apologize if that seemed isolating to... And thank, either or. And, and thank you for that perspective because we don't yeah. know. No, I don't know. And I and I've never dealt with what Kate has dealt with either. So mm-hmm. this is just my assumption. I never was bullied for my weight. I was bullied for other things, but that was never a thing um that I ever had to deal with. But I just know that girls can be very, very cruel mm-hmm. sometimes, especially in middle school and especially at that age when you're getting ready to go into middle school and you're starting to hit puberty and whatnot. But yeah, no, I, going back to the whole Kevin thing, um, I think that's when he had that, what is it, when you realize that your dad's a, not a superhero anymore? Mm-hmm. I think he had that in high school, so I agree with that. I think he's the only one that really broke that outside of either of them, out of, out of all three of them. He's the only one that really, like, saw him for that addict or saw the bad parts of Jack. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether he was searching for those bad parts because he always felt left out. Possibly. Possibly. Or but, did... But then he didn't necessarily search for it in Rebecca, I don't think. Or it doesn't seem like he did. No, but he always felt like he was left out, so he just never got along with her. They always argued. Mm-hmm. But I think Jack was the one that strong handled it, especially with the football. And then that's, I think that's the reason why he just kind of lost the facade of his dad and never grieved the way that the other two did. But at the same time, I think his repression was his grief because him not making it in football, I think part of it was, I disappointed my dad, Mm, you know, that thing. So I don't know. I don't know. I think that Kevin is so much like we've always ragged on him throughout the entire season. But I think that there's so many more layers to him than we give him credit for. With who? I'm sorry. Kevin. Kevin. Oh, yeah. We, there's so many more layers, and I think we're starting to see it now, how many more layers are actually 
is to him. And that's what I'm saying. I think this episode was that breakthrough mm. for me to see that side oh, just, of Kevin. Okay. Yeah. To see him really starting to dig deep about who he is and why he does the things that he does and, you know, the motivations behind that. Mm-hmm. And so I think now we can really start to see a change yeah. in him. I'm interested to see where we go from here, though. Because, like, we've always had something, like, we've had a cliffhanger at the end of every episode to figure out what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Like, we knew, we kind of knew about the miscarriage was going to happen. And then, I mean, obviously, we knew that the alcohol was going to come to a breaking point. But now, where do we go from here? That's a good question. Now we can start to see, going back to what you were saying about test. Tess, now we can start to see what Randall's upbringing, how it will influence him with his daughter, a preteen. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And aren't they supposed to be fostering another child? That was what they were alluding That's to. That's what I thought. But it nothing moved from that because I think we needed to see what happened with Kevin. Yeah. Because of the way that they left it at the mid-season finale. So I think next season... Next- Next season, next episode, we might get back to that. I really want to figure out how Jack died, too. I I forgot about that for a little bit. Speaking of that, some people in the chat are on both sides. They're like, they want to see it now. And then it's annoying how it's been drawn out. Um, But I agree. I think we're at that point to where I just want to know. I, I mean, at this point, I'm just so into the big three at this point and their extended relationships that when it comes, I know it's going to be heartbreaking, but I'm not necessarily rushing it because I trust the writers. I trust that they have a direction and that they're doing this intentionally because we got to get to the point that they, that we have established fully their life pre Jack because we mm-hmm. we can kind of see already the repercussions of his death. Yeah. So we have to, I think that's what they're going for is that they're establishing so we completely understand everything about Jack before he dies. Yeah. Cuz then it'll mean that much more when he dies. Well, then if that's the case, we still got a long way to go. We still <laughs> don't know any more about his brother. None of it. We got a lot. Yeah. A lot left. I'm trusting them though. Yeah, I trust them. I mean, they did get nominated for Golden Globe, so I mean, they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But um, speaking of that, do we want to jump into the news? Jump into news and gossip. Yes. After Buzz TV news. Shout out to Steve being right on it. I love it. I love it. I love the music and everything. It's great. Oh, me, me, right? Yeah, you have news. I go. You go. Yes. You go. You go. Well, we do want to give a round of congratulations to Sterling K. Brown for winning. The Golden Globe for Best Actor in a TV Series Drama. Woohoo! Love this speech. Here we go. Go for oh, it. Yes. <laughs> right? Oprah. I just love that he shouts out Oprah. Don't want to run out of time. So let me thank my wife. Started, yes. Ryan Michelle Bethay, I love you so much. Thank you for supporting me through this whole thing. To my kids, Andrew and Amari, Daddy will see you. I will take you to school in the morning. I promise. Um, I want to thank my cast, which is absolutely amazing. And we take turns leading and supporting one another. I love each and every one of you. 
to uh, my network NBC, to Bob and Jennifer. Oh, sorry, to, technical uh, issues. So we're gonna. To Gary, the audio is going. We may re- we pray, replay this, I believe. Now, um, Dan Fogelman. Love this. Here, we'll wait and we'll, we'll replay this. I've benefited from colorblind casting, which means, you know, like, hey, let's throw a brother in this role, right? It's always really cool. Dun, dun, dun. The anticipation. For a black man. Like, that could only be played by a black man. And so, Here we go. what I appreciate so much about this thing is that I'm being seen for who I Can am. Can we restart his speech since I was talking over it? I apologize for that. My network can be. I think my cast. Andrew and Amari, Daddy will see you. I will take you to school. There we go. I promise. Um, I want to thank my cast, which is absolutely amazing. And we take turns leading and supporting one another. I love each and every one of you. To uh, my network, NBC, to Bob and Jennifer, to, uh, to Fox, to Gary, to Dana. But also, I want to thank Dan Fogelman. Now, Dan Fogelman... Throughout the majority of my career, I have benefited from colorblind casting, which means, you know, like, hey, let's throw a brother in this role, right? It's always really cool. But Dan Fogelman, you wrote a role for a black man, like that could only be played by a black man. And so what I appreciate so much about this thing is that I'm being seen for who I am and being appreciated for who I am. And it makes it that much more difficult to dismiss me or dismiss anybody who looks like me. So thank you, Dan. Thank you, Hollywood Forum Press. Very nice. Very nice. Oh, I just loved it. Oprah! I just, I love that he was like, you're not going to play me off like you did before. I'm thinking my wife first. Yep. And making sure that her name is said loud and proud. So, yes, congratulations to him. Oh, Melanated TV, yes, I have been a fan since Army Wives as well. That was, I think, one of the roles that he was talking about in terms of Colorblind, colorblind casting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which i think is is great i think but I, I what i really loved about what he said there was that he wrote a role for a black man mm-hmm. and didn't do it like i think that in this new age of diversity which i love and i'm i'm very appreciative of within casting and really giving more diverse people the opportunity to have roles I think a lot of what we are missing still and I think it comes with having the right writers or writers that understand the the human experience is different for every person and for every race and sometimes just throwing a Asian person in there or throwing a black person in there is great but at the same time, sometimes we have to have roles that are specific to that race yes. that really identify us as that race fully because that experience that we all have is completely different than anyone else. So if you write a role and you just have no idea of, I don't care what color they are, we're just going to throw them in there is one thing. But at the same time, it's really nice to have a fully developed character that is only written for that race and you cannot deny it. And I think that that was so beautifully said. And I think with the Golden Globes and everything that was being said and brought to attention the other night, Mm -hmm. if you did not watch it, please go watch it because it was one of the best award shows I have seen in years that it was just one of those other topics that needed to be brought to the forefront that it wasn't just the, you know, um, the times up movement. It's also, the conversation of race and diversity and, and everything. Those who aren't being able to be seen as much. So congratulations to him. That was so exciting. And I do know that to 
echo Laura, who's in the chat, that was he was the first black African-American actor to be yeah. to win that mm-hmm. award. But I just wanted to Keith posted something on Instagram. Yes. Um, in reference to Sterling's win. And I just wanted to read a little bit about it. Um, he says that Sterling K. Brown is a personal hero of mine. In many ways, I have hoped to model my own career path after his, having obtained a degree in theater performance and continually following his work. In fact, what connects me most to this work, This Is Us, is the fact that it is the perfect display of storytelling. My background and knowledge of theater performance will help share that with our audience. So mm. basically, Keith um, looks to Sterling yeah. as an influence. And because he wasn't here, he didn't get a chance to share that himself. So yeah. I just wanted to read that of course. Um, from him. Um, but also, some good news. Yes. Alexandra Breckenridge, who plays Sophie on the show. Yes. Over the break, she gave... Actually, it was before the break. She gave birth to a baby girl. Oh, yeah. So that was yay. her second child. So congratulations to her. Yay, congratulations. And then we have one other clip. This one makes me really excited. Yeah, we're sticking. We're going back to the Golden Globes. We're going really back quickly. to Golden Globes. And here's this other clip. And I'm so excited about this one. Because um, this right here is uh, Justin Hartley and his beautiful white Chrishe- wife, Chriselle. And um, I just love this just shot. It's so cute. So I got the honor of meeting them the other day because they came into my store um, so I work at a gown store called Giovanni here in Los Angeles, and it has been a very crazy time because it is award season, mm-hmm. and we have a lot of people that come in um, for gowns for red carpets, and I was lucky enough to not only have Chriselle in the store, but Justin came in as well and um, picked that dress, so it was just really cool to see that and to see the, the video, so I wanted to share it. Nicest people you will ever meet. Um I did not ask him anything about Jack's death. <laughs> um, they were just very nice people. So um, congratulations to the whole entire cast of This Is Us for all the nominations and everything else. So, yeah. And one last thing. I don't know if anybody had heard, but apparently Milo fell in the pool at an after party. <gasps> no, he did not. And he actually confirmed it on his own Instagram. That's because amazing. I watched his story. Or I watched that one video. And he was like, and yes, I fell in the pool. I was like, what is he talking about? Did a quick Google. Apparently, he fell in a pool. That's great. I love it. Well, it was all through... Apparently, all the after parties were all in one place. You oh, just okay. hop around. You just bounce from one to the other. So, yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Must be nice. Right? I want to go. They blocked off a whole city block in Beverly Hills. Oh, God. Like, you could not pass unless you had a black SUV and you were going to the, the award show. And, okay. But, I, yeah. I was just... Ugh. That was rough. Well, either way, I'm super excited for everybody. I'm glad that we're back. And um, next week, we'll have all four of us back again. Mm-hmm. We'll have the big four. Yeah. You know, for This Is Us. There you go. We're going to go with it. The big four. I like it. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, happy 2018. And uh, we will be here next week. Again, my name is Candice Cruz. You can find me on all my social media at Candice R. Cruz. And I'm Erica Shannon, and you can find me on Twitter at Miss Airy Baby. Awesome. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. 
The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.